when you see an opportunity, don't pass it by. Just take the opportunity and jump in and see what it's all about. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. All right, welcome to another episode of, of Stay Paid. Luke and I are no longer... Six feet? Yeah. No, this is six feet. Is it? Yeah, because it isn't your wingspan. Your like wingspan is your feet, height. And so our two wingspans together, we're six feet. Well, we did it for the camera yeah. angle. To but be I'm actually, I, I am glad that, I mean, I shouldn't say this. People will be like, no, it's not. It's not getting better. But, you know, I think it's getting better. You know, I tell everybody out there, you know, be careful what you trust. Be careful what, what's out there on the on the news today. It's very, very confusing. A lot of noise. But that's actually a good segue into marketing. There is a lot of noise in marketing. My gosh. It is just so much noise out there. How do you cut through that noise? Test it yourself. Yeah, test it yourself. <laughs> you know what they say is don't look at what someone uh, says. Look, says, at, what look at what they what do, they do. Yeah. right? So yeah. look at what they do because that's they. you know that's working. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, hey, speaking of looking at what someone has done yes. to become successful – our guest today, her name is Jean Fedoni Schroer. She is the vice president at Anchor Capital Advisors, which is an investment management firm specializing in attentive, individualized client services. Jean is a successful 30-year veteran of the financial services industry and was the top producer in the nation at her firm in 2019. Mm. She's also a keynote speaker on topics that include behavioral finance and foundation, as well as endowments. Jean, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Great to be here today. Gene, it's awesome to have you. If you could just, you know, take a moment. We always like asking and hearing you've had this great career, a top producer and all, and just want to hear kind of your story. What led you into financial services? How did you build your business to where you're even speaking on topics today and doing keynoting? So if you could share with the audience, kind of introduce them to your story and your journey. Yeah, I, I so appreciate this. It's just so much fun. I love speaking, of course, to uh, younger women coming up in the financial services area spoke several times to community foundations. And one of the latest was the Kansas City Women's Leadership Panel. That's awesome. And then that was kind of a, yeah, it was very fun because um, they were all, again, the up and coming leaders in Kansas City. They wanted to know some of the tips that may get them sort of over the top. And and I, I always tell people, look, I came from a very modest background. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking about that this weekend uh, with a couple of other people from high school and that uh, one of the people who was a teacher there looked at me one day and said, you know, you will never be successful, Gene. Really? And, and isn't that funny how when you hear that, you know, sort of like that Michael Jordan story that everybody's been hearing when somebody said, no, you're not the, v the MVP. Oh, no. I am the MVP, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And so I would say um, I have always been a very driven, very focused individual. And uh, when I got into the brokerage business, there were probably 500 people interviewing for six positions at the time. And to get the position and be the only woman on that team was just a, a frankly, almost a surprise to me because I didn't even have a degree at that time. Mm -hmm. I was working my way through school, also 
you know, working at the same time. So uh, from that point on, I always had really great people that I was working with. So um, I luckily got to work for Benjamin Edwards Mm. from AG Edwards, which for people who have been in the financial services for a while, they know him, they know of the firm, A.G. Edwards. It was, again, during the financial crisis, you may know that Wachovia Securities came in and purchased the company. And then uh, after the crisis, then uh, Wells Fargo Advisors took over that company. But he always said to us, keep your head down and work hard and make sure you're working for the client, working for your family, and follow the golden rule. And we have always really portrayed that like you know uh, same same thing at age efforts we don't need to budget it's a waste of time you be good to your clients and the people that you're servicing and that will just come Mm. and and i will tell you that's really the way things have happened you know you keep your head down you work really hard you volunteer you volunteer if, if if the you know head of the corporation asks you to go to an event you just say, what time should I be there? <laughs> you know, it, it isn't like, let me think about that for a while. How's that going to affect my career? And, that, you know, none of that. So I volunteered for a lot of women's organizations. I did all the activities that those people needed. You know, if they needed two people to go to a benefit dinner, I'm there. Uh, it, it's, that was just not a question for me. And so I've always really felt like I, I want to continue to learn about things in finance. I want to continue to learn about people. I love working with people, love engaging people. And when you do that, you become successful. Mm, that's awesome. So t- talk a little bit about last year in 2019 and becoming the top producer in the nation. You talk a lot about the hard work, connecting with people. Like, What do you really attribute the success to? How long did it take you to get there? Was that a goal that you had set for yourself? Tell us how you kind of got to the top. Yeah, so uh, I would tell you that I've probably been, um, you know, just average production over my career in general. I've always worked really hard, probably harder than people that are maybe way smarter than I am. That's okay. Um, uh, The thing that I think really set it apart last year is that I came to the conclusion through talking with some of the major people at Merrill Lynch that I wasn't going to get into their branch any longer unless I had some value add. Mm. That I wasn't going to get on the national stage unless I had some value add. And I had to be good at it. So for years, I've been talking and training uh, it's uh, foundation and endowment state rules. So I've been training and adding value to my advisors all throughout the last 15 years that I've been licensed to do that. That sounds incredibly and so, niche. I know it's very niche. <laughs> um, and, but, but, and I always would say to people at the end of my meetings, you know, I'd talk about anchor and then I'd say, now I just want to put a little bug in your ear. If you ever hear of a client who sits on a board or that you're trying to get on a board or manage the assets for a board, just remember, I'm really good at that. And so over the years, I started to get more and more calls. So I started talking with community foundations on behalf of those financial advisors 
I made a lot of contacts in that area. And now I'm doing a lot of that. So that was one of the things that I, and, and by the way, my firm was not, they're like, what's that? <laughs> right, they <laughs> and they weren't like know. super excited that I was <laughs> doing something that was uh, continuing ed, right? So so then um, I met a, a woman at an industry conference that I'm very active in. Um, and she said, you know what? I provide some CE credits too on this new thing called behavioral finance. And at that time, nobody was doing that. And this was like four years ago, right? Nobody was speaking on behavioral finance. And I needed the CE credits to get into my branches. Hmm. And so um, she said, I'll train you. You'll have the rights to give this talk for minimal cost. <laughs> and so, okay, like cost benefit. Okay, yes. My Wharton designation comes in handy for some things. So uh, I said, yeah, I have to do that. And so what ended up happening is last year, the year before, I got on the national stage with that talk. Wow. And I'm, I'm now licensed to do two of those talks. It totally opens up. Like, for example, last week I was on the Baird uh, webinar, the most ever they've had for a webinar, 196 people, uh, stage for Morgan Stanley, stage for Arvest. Uh, stage for RBC Women's Conference. So it's become a hot topic and I've, I'm doing it now for like four years. So, and doing all the research along with it. And people are like, geez, okay, not only has she done the research for this new thing called behavioral finance, because frankly, I need to keep clients after one of the people passes away in the family. Mm. And she actually has some industry experience. <laughs> so I was a financial advisor for seven years, got married, had to move because of where my husband was being transferred to, then got back into the home office. And then when he was transferred again, I came out on this wholesaling side of the business because I could you know, pretty much live wherever I needed to live. And so um, when you have that little niche and you have something that is different and I love training people, and I love engaging people. The financial advisors know they can call me if they need help with anything, and they do. And well, so thus, you get your name out and get more production. Yeah, I mean, so many marketing and sales principles in there, adding value, mm -hmm. right? What can you add value in that people need? Differentiate yourself. No one else is talking about this stuff. You found a, dif a unique difference differentiator in your business. And then ultimately, we just had Tom Hegna on the mm -hmm. on the podcast and we did a webinar with him. He says the riches are in the niches yeah. <laughs> and that idea of niching down and finding something very specific because then you become the go to the only one that they can come to for that advice. Yeah, it makes me think of uh, the interview we did with Jay Bear. And I was just on the phone actually today doing a coaching call with uh, Anna. Hackfeld. Yeah, so won. Anna won the uh, stay paid competition. Yeah. So I was doing a coaching session with her and uh, she was talking about wanting to apply this idea of educating the community, even the FISBOs. And if you remember from the Jay Bear, he explained that example of the agent down in Florida. There was a ton of people in his price range that were trying to sell their home on their own for sale by owner. And instead of attacking that, and saying they're stupid, you shouldn't do it. He educated them mm -hmm. on how to do it. And I see very similar or similarities between stories of you grew your business through connections built by education. 
And there's a ton of opportunity out there, I think, that people are missing in this area of education. Advisors, I think, capitalize it on or capitalize more on it than real estate agents because they do seminars. They do educational seminars where real estate agents aren't really doing any educational seminars. But imagine you become a speaker in your community and you're the most educated on a certain topic. If you're in real estate, maybe it's first time home buying, but you're the most educated on that topic and you start building those connections and you've built your connection or your business through these connections made from education, from almost contribution, giving back, and it's built your whole business basically. Right. And and it's engaging people, right? I mean, if I would say to you, Luke and Josh, you know, those tennis shoes are really cool. Where'd you get them? Like, Wait, are you talking about you, the Converse or are you talking about Josh? Josh always talking says about the Nikes. Colors. Come on, the Air, yeah. the Air 270s. That's what yeah, she's talking the, about. The Air 270s. I love it. So a compliment and a smile go a long way. And I mean, I can tell you that I was sitting at a park bench, a picnic table, after a 4th of July party, a a parade, and another couple came and sat down, and we just started chatting, and an hour later, I find out that he just sold HGTV. (laughs) No way. Yes, way. (laughs) And and, and this is just another example. You know, a lady is, I'm keynoting in Wichita for a financial advisor, women and investing, right? Mm. I'm keynoting. And one of the ladies in the audience who they asked to come and speak about her charity, she, of course, in a little wheelchair, her daughter takes her up there and she gets the microphone, she talks. And I'm saying to myself, I've got to go meet this lady because she's a cool gal. Ends up to be the owner of a really wonderful gift shop. And she's the uh, heir to a major um, aircraft manufacturer um, company and her name is on several buildings in Wichita. Um, that night we went for dinner at her country club and had an unbelievable conversation. That is amazing. Uh, there's such a big golden nugget, really two golden nuggets there. It's just, you just never know who you're sitting beside. Mm-hmm. You never know who you're coming into contact with. We just interviewed Zach Benson, which I don't think is, I don't know if it will be out by the time this is released, but uh, we stepped beside him on a plane to uh, going to Costa Rica and we stepped beside him on a plane and figure out he has, he owns this company, Assistagram. It's all about Instagram and PR and we end up getting him on the show. But I also think the other golden nugget there is so be engaging, be open, all that stuff, but also this idea of contribution, so, but, but it's, it's hard to talk about from a business standpoint, because I don't want the audience to think that you should be going into this idea of contribution, i.e. charity work, giving back, just because you think it's going to help your business. There has to be a true why there and a true belief. Like you obviously have a passion for helping younger women come up and rise up to greater levels. And so there has to be a natural passion there. But every person that's listening to this podcast right now should be thinking to themselves, where are you giving back? And what are you passionate about? So if you're a dog lover, why aren't you giving back at the SPCA or whatever? You know, wherever the adoption agencies, the rescue agencies are. If you're, you know, involved in your church. All right, that's it. I'm getting a dog. Yeah, get get a a dog. I'm getting a rescue dog. Well, don't you have a dog? You convinced me. Yeah. (laughs) I'll get another one. (laughs) I'll get another one. We do. We have two dogs now because we rescued one. I don't know if I will not, like, if every dog that I get from here on out is going to probably be a rescue because those stories are so sad when you hear them. But that contribution is so key. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things I recommend to the financial advisors is to get out um, to the entrepreneurship community 
and um, volunteer to mentor them, to answer questions, to get them contacts for the banking relationships or marketing relationships or whatever. Because frankly, when you're involved with these sorts of organizations right now, and these are really big organizations, um, the philanthropists in the community, we gather, right? And Mm. we gather to help. And so the organization that I belong to, that I am on the board and, and doing, I'm on one of the boards, I'm judging and on the gala committee and things like that is called the Arch Grants. And so what this organization does is they give money, no equity. We take no equity. So we basically uh, gift entrepreneurs money, but they must move to St. Louis and they must start their business here if they win. Mm. And so all the entrepreneurs in the community, and usually they're very high net worth people, they will also be judges and on the committees. And so it's been so much fun. So they're, they're either angel organizations or they're these nonprofits. But I highly suggest advisors get involved with these organizations because, number one, they need your help. And number two is you will meet the real hidden philanthropists in your community that you would just never know. Like I sat next to the guy my first day of judging four or five years ago who had sold probably six or seven technology companies. Mm. And I would have, again, you sit, the guy sitting next to you on the plane, right? I mean, he's got jeans on and a T-shirt. Who knows, right? Who was it? it we, um, we were interviewing Moses Hall. Was it Moses Hall that built his real estate commercial career on basically being on boards? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Like the the idea, I love what you're saying. Like the idea of getting involved in a group. I'm part of a group called YPO, which is a bunch of young presidents and CEOs of companies that are certain net worth and stuff like that. And the my network expansion, it's been unbelievable. And because there's 63,000 members all over the world, one of the requirements of YPOs, if you get a call from a YPO person, you have to return that call, you know, and all that. So like the connection, but not, it's just not about the returning of phone calls, but it's just about the networking capability that you didn't have that turns into business is unbelievable. So if you're not part of some networking group, you, what'd you say? You said it was an entrepreneur. What, what'd you say yeah, the group it, was again? It's Yeah, it's called the Arch Grants. Okay. And the reason it is, is because we give out $25,000 for 25 now individuals or companies uh, that will start their business here. Usually they've already started the business uh, and have maybe one or two employees, but they need to move their business to St. Louis and then hopefully hire more people. So, you know, again, you build this ecosystem of positivity around the town and then we all mentor them. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you tired of email marketing programs that are complicated to set up, look outdated, and are irrelevant to your clients' lives? That's what Reminder Media has set out to solve with our three-in-one digital marketing bundle. With our bundle, you get a personally branded, beautiful, interactive digital magazine, an email newsletter filled with stories, recipes, and ideas that your clients will love, and more than 2,000 articles branded to you at your fingertips for sharing on social media. All digital, all personally branded, all at one affordable price. Let's see your competitors' photocopied flyers beat that. To check out the bundle, go to ReminderMedia.com bundle and see what a three-in-one marketing strategy can do for your business. 
That's ReminderMedia.com slash bundle. Take action on this today. So let's talk about, because I, I'm picking up, uh, I looked up Anchor a little bit and kind of looking at what they do when in their focus on attentiveness to individualized client services. And I'm really picking this vibe up with you uh, when sure. it comes to especially attentiveness, being attuned to what your clients need or what your clients would want, and then figuring how to, to personalize or individualize the service. So talk a little bit about how you do that with your clients. Yeah, so um, I always say, we sell mid cap, we sell all cap, we sell balanced. You know what? A lot of people sell that. <laughs> and so if I get to know you and I get, I get to know what you mentioned to me now that you two really like your dogs, um, when I get to know people and they are comfortable with me and they trust me, they know that what I have for them will help them and help their client. And when they call me and say, look, can you hop on a conference call with these people? What time can I hop on the call? Mm. Um, I'm, I'm trying to be just super attentive to them and whatever they need. So if they call me and say, Gene, I really need you to help me with this request for a proposal. I'll, I'm happy to do it. Just send it over. I'm going to go through it and, and then we'll talk about it later. But I try to get back to people in a very timely fashion. And most of my clients know that. And, and frankly, I, I love hanging out with people, right? So I, I try to meet as many people as I can at the conferences. And frankly, that's how I met Andrew. And um, Andrew you know, is who thing. connected us with Gene. And yeah. for the Andrew's listeners. our yes. VP of business development really here. Like yeah. he, that guy is so well, he's he knows like, everybody. he's like he's you, like he can start a conversation <laughs> with anybody, anywhere, anytime. <laughs> he was so much fun. And when, when I learned what exactly reminder media was, uh, I'm like, Hey, you know what? I think some of my people could use that. Mm. And, and they now see me again as providing this extra service. And they're like, ah, oh, mid cap. Okay. I need some, Oh, Jean sells mid cap. Let's buy some of that. Right. Mm. Because most people again, know that the numbers are, if you're in, or if you're recommended by their firm, that it's okay to buy us. Right. Mm. And so, but what else can I provide that maybe something that you need? And it's so value-add. Well, I think you're touching on something that's huge for everybody to realize, especially in service-based industries, because let's be real, like you're not really selling something very unique from the person next to you. Like if Josh is a real estate agent and I'm a real estate agent, we're, we're basically kind of doing the same thing, financial advisor, financial advisor. So what really separates you is that attentiveness to your customers, call it your client experience. But I, th I think you're touching on something that we really, really preach here, which is the best way to earn business is to strengthen the relationship outside of business things because they're going to wow. know you sell real estate. They're going to know you, you sell this product or can help them with finances or whatever it is. But the reason they'll go with you is because of trust. And it's a perfect example is my uh, wife works, she's a teacher, special education teacher. And the one of her friends there at the school, another teacher, her husband's a financial advisor. Well, this guy has been reaching out to me and courting me. Naturally, trust is elevated. Why? Because I have a connection because my wife and his wife are really good friends. So all of a sudden, trust is earned. He's done nothing 
But the trust is, I'm trying to kind of lay out for everybody listening to this, the power of building trust outside of business. So am I going to invest my money with him? No, but guess what? He's earned a conversation with me because of that natural relationship trust. On top of that, how has he courted me? How has he done it? He's taken me out to dinner multiple times. We've tried to go to games together, all these things. He's become more of a friend, ended up getting investment from me because of nothing to do with really all that he was offering product-wise or his investment strategy or anything like that. It was literally built upon the relationship. And guess what? He's trying to court my partner in crime here, Steve. And and, and it's beautiful. Like He's going to probably end up getting to Steve that is obviously a high net worth individual. Mm -hmm. He's going to get to that person all from a relationship from our two wives being teachers together at a school and all the way through the chain. And it's just built upon like you. Th- some people might listen to this and go, oh, knowing that someone has dogs doesn't matter. No, no, no. It matters more than what you think they want their investment strategy to be. Consumers expect you to be good at what you say you're good at. They expect and, you to be good at finance. Be, it's baseline. Right. And it may not be obvious, right? Yep. I mean, I've trained I trained so many people at AG Edwards over the years And, you know, I always talk about this, like, what's the little niche that you have? And a lot of people will say, I don't have one. And I'll say, well, tell me a little bit about your background. And one of the guys was a Navy pilot. One of the ladies actually sold commodities in the past. And so what we did, and I was, I was also coaching them. There was a coaching program that um, I was helping the, the advisors get to that next level. So we took that whatever it would be, right, that we would talk about, and we would expound upon that. And so for the pilot, we started talking about how can we get more pilots. For the lady who was the commodity salesperson in the past who said, you know, I I did that, Um, I thought it was okay, but I don't want to do that anymore. But it was a launching pad for her because she could now talk commodities and get that as possibly the first sale and then do the financial plan after. And I'm very proud to say she's 30 years later, she's one of my best friends and she recently retired and turned her book over to her son. That is and beautiful. so she used that, that launching pad and then expounded on that from there. What a great action item. Look at your background and that will help dictate your niche that you should get into. It's really your hobbies and interests and your passions and you'll build camaraderie naturally with people based upon things that you have in common. Common interest, yeah. Yep, common interest. All right. Now, you, you may be curious about things, right? So I was uh, visiting with some financial advisors in Kansas City, and they were all talking about their new Garmin watch and the marathon that they were going to run. And I'm like, what's that all about? Like, what kind of shoes do you wear? What do you do? And hey, with YouTube, right, <laughs> or podcasts, you can learn pretty much anything you want to learn, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so... Then I got on the circuit of the half marathons. That's and a whole community there. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yep. I met a zillion more people and had way uh, more fun, you know, yep. than just exercising on the treadmill. Yep. Right. <laughs> uh, so so you know, just your curiosity can get you with groups that will also allow you to engage more people. I love that. Meetup, meetup.com. Is a, is a great place to go yeah. to find little groups that are interested. Like if you're into fitness, CrossFit, 
CrossFit is a huge community that you can start networking with. Like, I mean, there's just so many of these little groups that you can just start engaging, but you can't go in where most people just die here is that they go in and they go, I'm going to join a running group to get business. You can't go in with that mindset. You've got to go. Yeah, into- you'll, you'll be running in there with a sign yeah. on your chest if you go in there with that. <laughs> Everyone will run from you. <laughs> you just got to go in building relationships, engaging people like Gene is saying. It has and, to be genuine. It has right, to, come has from to an be authentic. authentic. And yeah. then before you know it, a year passes by before you know it. And all of a sudden, you, you know, actually a perfect example of this. Steven smokes cigars. My brother, who I talk about all the time <gasps> with real estate. Yeah, you're like his mother right now. <gasps> I can't believe he smokes cigars. But okay, so big time real estate. You know what he was blown away at? When he uh, looked back at his past sales, so he's done over 95 this year already, and we're a little over halfway through the year. He said, I can't believe how many deals have come from the people that I've built relationships with from the cigar shop. (laughs) How crazy is that? Right? I mean, you have to get the aficionado magazine. You have to hang out at the cigar lounges. You know, I mean, it's, you pull out a Cuban every once in a while, and people are like, Hey, we get that. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so uh, there, again, there's camaraderie. Just, right. It's camaraderie. Uh, you know, the, there was one gal who would always be in the same. You know how how they do in the marathons and races, right? You have to be in your age group. And every time I get there, I'm like, oh darn, Mary, you always beat me like two minutes. I'm really bummed. And then we'd laugh about it. You know, and so you just built that camaraderie from being in the same groups. And I didn't know her. She didn't know me. But now, of course, we're friends. So uh, it's I just think, you know, again, be, you know, business is serious. Right. Um, But you can actually have so much fun. And that was really a Ben Edwards mantra. You know, why do this if you're not having fun? Mm, And you have fun engaging more people going, you know, meeting new people like you two and Andrew. I mean, those are just, it's just fun uh, people to have as call as business colleagues. I agree a hundred percent. So, okay. We got to ask you, cause we ask everybody that comes on, you know, success is obviously takes a lot of discipline. You've been very successful in your life. You know, what are some of the routines as you've looked back at your success? What are some of the things that you try to implement in your daily life, in your business that has driven success for you? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say um, when you see an opportunity, don't pass it by. Uh, I think that's really one of the biggest things that I've learned is that if, for example, somebody wants you to go to an event or somebody wants you to take the extra chair at a benefit. Somebody wants you to be on the podcast. Somebody wants you to just take the opportunity and jump in and see what it's all about, right? Uh, the running thing. I, I don't, you know, sit around, I'm a very, super high energy person. I don't know if you picked that up, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I get up in the morning, I exercise, I try to, uh, eat right. Um, try to, you know, have some fun. Uh, you know, sometimes my kid doesn't always say that, but you know, I, I actually, tr- I just try to have fun at what I'm doing and I love what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm trying to always learn new things and meet new people and just keep your head down and work. You don't have to pay attention to all those spreadsheets, like how much money am I making today? 
Because if you do what Ben Edwards told you to do, and that is keep your head down and work really smart and take care of your customers, that all is going to come to you. Mm. I love that. I think it was Richard Branson that said, if an opportunity presents itself and you don't know how to do it, take the opportunity and learn how to do it later. <laughs> yes, and learn how to do it later. <laughs> Figure it out later. Uh, I agree. Awesome. Well, I mean, that guy started an airline. So, I mean, <laughs> I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, but, okay, so then last question for you, and this one might be a little deep, so we don't want to get too emotional Uh-oh. here. It causes some people on the podcast to cry. Knowing what you know now, what would you go back and tell younger Jean, that high school age girl, what, would, what would it, advice would you give her? Wow. Okay. That's a tough one. Um, hmm. <laughs> well, I, um, I might say, um, probably, um, going to get my master's degree. I probably would have stayed in school longer. Um, that, that probably would be a good one. That'd probably be a good one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it took me a long time to get my undergraduate degree because again, I was working at the same time. Mm. So when I graduated, then six months later, I was married. Uh, I, I probably should not have taken the time off between getting married and having my first child that I, I probably should have gone to get my master's. I ended up getting my desig- my two designations and I'm working on a third designation right now. Um, I probably would have wanted to get the MBA that there you go. That's a good one. There you go. Love it. Well, Hey Gene, I'm going to break format if it's okay with Luke. Oh, do it, Luke, man. May I break format? This is, this is, this is a, this is a, um, this is terrifying. No, this is a selfish question. I have an 11 year old daughter and you are very interested in speaking to younger women and, and helping them out in an industry that has tended to be male dominated. What would you, what, or what would you tell me that I can tell her when she's ready to start looking at her profession and her career? What, what advice could I give her to let her know that there really is no limits to what she can do? You know, this is a really good, um, this is a really good question. Um, my husband also was a head of HR uh, at Union Pacific and also the head of diversity. And when we would go to the Black Employee Network meetings, the Latino Network meetings, the Women Network meetings, there was a a big theme. And he's very wise about this. And what, what the theme actually is, is that people are people. And there is difference. There is a difference in aggressiveness amongst people. And he studied this. And so he would basically have to tell the women and some of the minority employees, it's okay to ask for a raise. It's okay to be treated fairly. Mm. But if you don't speak up, somebody else will get that better job Mm. and you won't. And so, again, I thought that was very telling when they did the survey that there are groups of people that aren't as aggressive and aren't as then elevated to Mm -hmm. because they aren't speaking up. So I would tell her that you have to stand your ground. Like when I, in 1984, when I got in the business, there was a guy fighting, we we had to share what at that time was called a Quotron to get stock quotes. And he continued to hog the Quotron, <laughs> you know, well, I, 
as he, as he put it, I, and by the way, we're friends today, but um, he said, I need it because I'm trading stocks every day and all you're doing is doing financial planning <laughs> with mutual funds. <laughs> oh. And I said, no, no, that, that doesn't mean you have to have that computer over on your side all the time, right? Mm. You have to share the computer. <laughs> and so uh, if somebody would not have spoken up to him, if they were more passive, he would have continued to have that, that computer. And again, we're friends today and we mutually respect each other, I think, because I stood up to him. No, that's awesome. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. I love that. Dude, great question. Break Thanks, format man. anytime. That was, that was worth the whole podcast. Well, Gene, thank you so much for being here. Before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you. Yes, jfedoni at anchorcapital.com. And Fedoni so is oh sorry you go ahead and spell it. That's okay. That's uh, okay. J F I D O N E at anchorcapital.com. I'd love to chat with you. I'd love to answer questions. You tell me what you would like to do, and I'm here to help out. Awesome. Thanks so much again, Gina. Thank you for listening. To dive deeper into this episode, to get the show notes and the video for this podcast, you can go to staypaidpodcast.com. And if you're looking for ways to support the show, which I know you are, there's only two ways that we ask you to do that. And guys, they're completely free. And they're simple. We will not charge you a dollar to do either one of these yes. two things. First one is to head on over to iTunes, leave us a review, five stars if you like this podcast. Yes. Make sure to leave a comment. But so we, we do not discriminate against reviews. We would take all reviews. We will take a one-star review. As a matter of fact, we haven't had a one-star review, yeah. so I dare you. <laughs> This is your challenge. <laughs> Andrea's like freaking out behind the camera. She's like, what are you doing, Josh? And the best way is to tell a friend about the podcast. <laughs> Spread the word that through word of mouth. It is absolutely the best way uh, to help us grow if you like what you've heard. And if you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. We're also growing our Facebook channel. So we're up to like a 1,000 followers now on Facebook. So head on over to Facebook. Mm. Be one of the first 5,000 to like Stay Paid on Facebook. Yes. It'll be something you'll have to keep forever. <laughs> For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. What an incredible podcast. So many great golden nuggets that you can take advantage of. Man, I love that at the last where she was saying stand up for yourself because it's so true. The squeaky wheel does get the grease. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, all these sayings have a lot of truth to them. But I think that's a really powerful thing. But the action item that I want you to do that I think will really help you not only define your unique value proposition in your business, which we've talked about in other podcasts, but I think will really help you in your lead generation and your referrals and your ability to network and get other you know, business is I want you to look at your business and choose a group that you should be a part of. If you have no groups, choose a group. If it's the running group because you're passionate about running, if it's your church and there's groups there that you can get involved with, some type of contribution-led group that you can get involved with and start networking with people that have camaraderie with you, things that you're passionate about, and just watch the power of that. Like my brother, like Gene, they end up getting so much of their business and building their career and just all they're doing is enjoying their passions and networking with people. If you have a group that you already have, you go, I don't need another group, Luke. <laughs> Get more involved in that group. Get more involved and take Jean's advice where she says, if an opportunity presents itself, don't say no. So if that group offer, offers you an opportunity, claim that opportunity and get involved. The more you get involved, the more you actually get from what you give. So remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry Josh and I have worked in is top producers take action 
take action on that today.